David. Tana. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. And good morning to all you lovely listeners at home. And welcome back to yet another fun-filled episode of the podcast that we humorously entitled David. Dink stink. That's right. And in case you aren't aware, I guess I've never, I don't think we've ever formally explained it, though we've kind of half explained it on episodes. Uh, Think Stink's goal is to uncover long lost and long forgotten films and talk about why we think they were forgotten, um, whether for good or for bad, but mostly because they're bad. Um, but we're, we're unburying them anyway. Um, I just wanted to formally say it, unless there's like some listeners just like, what, are, what do all these movies have in common? <laughs> we finally <laughs> figured it out. Um, David, how's it going? It's going. It's going. How are it's, you? It's going. <laughs> Jesus, that was not very enthusiastic. Um, I, I, my, I'm, I'm, it is going as well for me. Um, it's that time of the year, I suppose. It's finals years, so we're getting through it. But um, yeah, not, not too crazy, I guess. Uh, just vibing. Mm-hmm. Uh, status update over there: Is weather treating you good? Is life treating you good? What's going on? Um. Yeah. I mean. A bit stressed about finals, but overall, not too bad. Um, weather is, I don't know, it's been a bit warm. I mean, that's relative, but um, it's been like in like the, the 40s, like the 30s and 40s, which kind of surprising. Um, it snowed a bit last week, but like it all melted because it was so warm. So Nice. Yeah, I don't know. How's, how's the weather out there? Um, also good. Um, it was cold, but it never snowed, but it was definitely cold for a while, like bitterly cold, but it uh, it did warm up. It's better now, um, but it's definitely like one of those calm before the storm. I'm sure it'll snow any minute now, mm-hmm. um, but nothing too crazy. Um, so I think we should, I think I, 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 I'm kind of afraid of this movie. Um, <laughs> kind of, it kind of scares me. Um, and not just in like a way where it's like, oh man, like it's, I don't want to talk about it. It's so like, you know, it's so bad. It's like, this is the kind of movie that as a kid I avoided because it was so creepy. And like, I was like, I, I might have even heard of it. I may have seen like trailers and I'm just like, nope, no, not touching that. Like, no, that's too scary. Um, and so I never touched it. Um, so watching this episode was kind of like going to like a repressed place in my past and then yanking it out of that repressed pace, repressed place, and beating it with a large stick. So mm-hmm. uh, this was definitely a uh, a daunting episode. This movie is Arthur and the Invisibles, which actually its real title is Arthur and the Minimoys, but for some reason uh, they changed it to the Invisibles at some point in the advertising, which makes no sense because they're not invisible. So. I, for one, want to call it Arthur and the Minimoys, but we can just call it Arthur if it really is causing issue. But um, it's Arthur and the Invisibles. David, this was your pick. What is this movie? Why did you pick it? What memories do you have associated with this weird-ass movie? So this is a movie that I watched as a child. Um, I remember distinctly. I watched this movie as a child. Yes, I'm sorry you had to do that. Um, yeah, so, actually the other day, I was talking with my dad, and, um, you know, like, I thought maybe, like, I was just making this up, like, maybe, like, I saw, like, a trailer for it, and they just, like, stuck with me in my head, but Mm -hmm. I talked to my dad, and he remembers it, too. Like, I, I was like, Dad, do you remember Arthur and the Invisibles? He's like, yeah, I remember that movie. So, I I have seen this movie before. And upon watching it, I, I remembered some of the scenes in the beginning of the movie. And, oh boy. Um, it, 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 it didn't hold up. I, I, I don't think I ever, like, thought this movie was good as a kid. I just distinctly remember watching it that and one other movie i won't bring up that other movie quite yet um because i probably want to do it for the next thing sting episode that we do that's foreboding um <laughs> it's it, it's 
it's eerily similar in in terms of just like probably quality and like um like kind of like idea i feel um, like, like i feel like i feel like i know what you're talking about like i this was a weirdly common aesthetic in the 2000s. Something about, like, <laughs> something about small, small, gross gremlins set in the modern era. Like something about that was like kind of common. <laughs> I don't know which exact movie you're talking about, but I feel like there is another movie like this that is, that I feel like I also didn't watch growing up for the same reasons. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, no, like that. Um, the whole like fantasy element coming into like the real world was pretty it was pretty common and and definitely helped uh shape the person i am today unfortunately um <laughs> yeah i have conversations with you sometimes and i'm like i feel like this guy definitely watched arthur and the mini boys growing up like what a weirdo <laughs> oh yeah yeah i was i was that kid um so yeah i mean that's 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 why i picked it because it was is uh one of the one of those movies um, Connor, I want to, I know there's a, there's a lot to unpack about this movie and a lot to, uh, you know, deconstruct and, and analyze and talk about, but I just want to first lay the groundwork and say that let's try to keep things as, as civil as possible. Um, I know there's a lot of bad that comes with this movie, but I think we should also kind of balance it out with with the good i think it's really easy to focus only on the bad but i i definitely think there are some some positive elements in this movie so um kind of i want to i want to challenge you um with with every with every negative comment you say about this movie i want you to say a positive thing that you liked about it as well um to kind of um i don't know give give a rationale for why like children might like this movie um because like it, it definitely is a, a kids movie and it's geared towards a younger audience and i i think just um brashing on it and 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 saying what's negative just isn't isn't fair so uh try to take the reflective of a of a kid a younger young, younger you um and think about why why you might have appreciated this movie does that make sense that was very wholesome, and I hate you for it. But, uh, yeah, fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I will very briefly, before I even talk about positives and negatives, I'll talk about neutral. I want to tell you a, a fun fact I learned about this movie. Um, well, first of all, this movie is directed by a guy named Luc Besson, and he does a bunch of French movies, or French and American movies, actually. Um, this is a very French production, in case you didn't know. Um, but he did like the professional. He did that movie Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, which we will one hundred percent talk about on this podcast at some point. Um, I've actually seen that one. But um, something it was based on a book that he wrote. Like he wrote these books, and they're a bunch of kids' books, and he wanted to make them into an animated movie, so he did it. Like it was. I feel like it's cheating. To, I know it is an adapted film, but it almost feels like it's cheating to call it an adapted film because it's based on a book he wrote, so it basically was an original story. But um, I think it's kind of interesting that he wrote it. I just wanted to share that. Um, uh, I was trying to find like tidbits on this production and why it's so weird, but there really isn't any. It's just a weird movie. And he directed two sequels. He made two sequels to this movie with almost the same cast. The only difference is they lost Madonna and David Bowie. But besides that, they had most of the same cast and it looks pretty much the same. He just made two sequels. It's kind I of feel like, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like besides Madonna and David Bowie, everyone else is a nobody, kind of. But what, well, well, actually, no. Uh, this movie has a ridiculously large cast. It does, which actually. We'll, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, they retained Snoop Dogg. Um, really? I think they might have. They may have lost. Uh, they may have lost Robert De Niro, but like they also like didn't use him in any of the movies. It doesn't seem like um, they replaced madonna with selena gomez and oh, they replaced oh, david okay. they replaced david bowie with lou reed so like they just basically went from one musical artist to a different musical artist that just isn't quite as famous like yeah. still very famous just not as famous so i gotta give a shout out to these movies for like looking like bargain bin sequels but in reality they have like the same level of like 
effort put into making them like the original. So <laughs> they just lost David Bowie and Madonna and replaced them with less famous artists. Um, so like, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. But Snoop, but Snoop Dogg came back and the kid came back. The parents came back. The grandma came back. Everybody's back. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, who I think if we watch the, if you watch the one on Tubi, I don't think the voice was Jimmy Fallon, but there's a version of this with Jimmy Fallon and then the son of the uh, the villain is voiced by Jason Bateman. I think that cut was not the one on Tubi. So that we didn't get that one. But in the second and third, uh, it is voiced by Jimmy Fallon. So Jimmy Fallon does return to play Beta Mesh or whatever his name was uh-huh. uh, in, in the second and third. So if you ever wanted to watch those, you could get a taste of what the first one was like with Jimmy Fallon. If you really, really wanted to know, <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry. Enough about talking about the talking about the actual content. Let's, let's get into the meat and potatoes. I'm sorry. Yeah, right, um, right. This movie, so... this stinky. I'm afraid of it. It <laughs> makes me, it makes me want to hide. That is, that is fair. That is fair. Um, I guess like a general premise of the movie. So. Actually, I, um, I do want you, I want you to rationalize this plot for me. Cause like, I feel like you're going to, I don't know how you could say this about making me sound like a lunatic, but go ahead. No, 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 no. It's, it's a dumb premise. Like, <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll try my best to explain it. So, um, this kid and his grandma, um, I think the kid went to like charter school, like boarding school or something. Mm-hmm. And like, he's on holiday. So he's staying with his grandma. And um, his grandfather is like this, uh, said, I don't know, adventurer or whatever. Um, and he like went to Africa and um, he found like this tribe, this African tribe. And I forget the name of the African tribe, but um, they're like, the African tribe is like friends with the Minimoys. Um, so uh, the grandfather is also friends with the Minimoys. Um, and I don't know where he found the rubies, but he finds some rubies, um, and he brings them back, but he hides them in his backyard and, uh, I don't know, like a a landlord or something. I I don't know. I don't really know who he is, but, um, but the grandma is like behind on her bills. And for some reason, like the grandfather has to, to sign some papers, um, so like they can retain the house. Um, I, I'm they, not, I think I'm, they need to. I think they need to pay for it. Like they're behind on payments, and the rubies would be like the payment. Right. So, so like, for some reason, though, the grandfather had to sign for something too. Well, I mean, you have to sign when you're like really releasing the rights to your like property. I imagine. Well, I, I think the grandfather this... have to do. I couldn't. The grandmother. That's a, that's just. I imagine maybe he's like co-owns the house. I don't really know. I don't really know. I'm not really sure how ownership works. I don't own anything. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it was just it was in the grandfather's name, and yeah. for some reason the grandmother couldn't sign for it because she didn't technically own the house. I don't know. Um. Anyways, this, this is probably the most rational part of this entire movie. Yeah, um, we didn't talk about the <laughs> things. Haven't gotten crazy yet. Um. Mm-hmm. So they have like 48 hours to find these rubies so that they can like pay for the house or whatever. So Arthur, the 10 year old kid, um, he tries to find the mini moys or like tries to find like a way to like find the rubies and like the African tribe shows up out of nowhere. Um, Which is a wild reveal. (laughs) You're like, what the (laughs) hell? Um, some members from the African tribe show up and they're like, we're here to help you find the mini boys. And so then they set up this whole ritual and Arthur has to like interview with Beta Mesh and um, he passes and he gets sent down the land of the mini boys. And uh, there's like two like kind of conflicts going on. Here, so like the mini moys have to deal with like the evil M, um, Malthazar, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, and there's like the princess Selenia, um, who is like very like dedicated to like stopping the evil M, while uh, Arthur goes down and he's trying to like find the rubies or whatever, and it turns out like the the rubies are like 
where Evil M is. So like two birds, one had, stone. <laughs> yeah, two birds and one stone. So they're like, let's all go together. Um, but then like very quickly afterwards, like there's like a raid. Like they get raided by mosquitoes down in the land of the mini boys. Yeah. And like it's like a fight scene. And um then all of a sudden they like they're going through a tunnel um to go find the evil M um or whatever and like we learn information about Princess Lenya, how she's like almost a thousand years old and needs to like take over the, the throne but she needs to like get married and have kids by the time like she's ruler or whatever and um apparently like there's no good guys down the land of the mini boys and then she thought you know what really would would change all that a 10 year old boy that's that's yeah. what she needed. Yeah, God, a, uh, <laughs> a a prepubescent kid um, is is the is, is the guy that's gonna that's gonna fix things. Um, that's that's always fun. So um, you know they they find one of the, the the evil M and Darko's Darko shows up or something. Okay, wait, wait, no, there's the Snoop Dogg. Yeah, you're missing the Snoop, Snoop Dogg one where Snoop Dogg runs like a club where they drink farts or something. I don't, they never really explain what the drink is. <laughs> it's just kind of gross and green. Um, and it's like fumes. So I imagine it's just farts. But like they, they visit them and Selenia gets hit on by Snoop Dogg. And then yeah. they, have like a, they have like a battle on a vinyl. Um, well, that's when Darko with, shows up. And... Yeah, that's when Darko shows up. And um, uh, they, yeah, they fight, and then they they leave. They they escape from Darko's, um, and end up like finding Evil M's place. And like right before they get in, um, Princess Lenia is like, "Let's get married." So they kiss, and they're married now. Um, mm-hmm. Arthur and Princess Lenia are now married. And uh, the evil M, Malthazar, is like, I want to marry you, Princess Lenya. And she's like, I'm already married. And they fight, and she gets captured. And uh, Arthur finds his grandfather locked in a cell that he's also locked in. Uh, Shenanigans ensue, blah, 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 blah. The rubies are found, uh, blah, 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 blah. They save the day. Um, the rest of that movie is is stupid, but um, yeah, that's 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 Arthur and the and the Invisibles. Um, I feel like I feel like you explained that entire plot just to avoid talking about the movie negatively, so you wouldn't have to say anything positive. Like, this <laughs> like a dodging method. Like, um, but no, um, I, you actually did strangely miss a couple of ridiculous points that I want to touch upon in a humorous manner. For example. There was the Italian stereotype dude who was like the guy who ran like the bus service to get to places, and the bus service was flicking people, like sending people via Walnut from one location to another. And for some reason, like I said, he had this really bizarre Italian stereotype accent. I don't really get the deal with that. Um, and then another example of, and then another time where they get lost, they get like stuck in like a river, and to escape. Arthur unwinds uh, the princess's blouse and uses it as like a lasso and the entire time she's bitching about how like you know you you literally just grabbed her and started undressing her like for valid reason this is getting really creepy um, there is a lot of random shit in this movie that's really weird um, which is I like to blame as, a, as like a side effect of being French but French movies don't get this weird this is just a weird guy Lupusan's a really weird guy um so i don't really know this movie's weird david yeah it is pretty weird um something i did like about the movie was um something that was kind of unique was uh remember in the uh in the first fight scene in the mosquitoes attack yeah um and like beta mesh uses the uh like the two like flying balls kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. It's a very like unique, like 
device, I guess. I can, can I bounce off your positive point to talk about a negative point? Can I use that as my positive point? <laughs> no, no. Ah, okay. Well, I'll just start. I want to I wanna bash this movie because I haven't really said anything about this movie in its quality besides it being weird. This movie is extremely fast-paced. Like, oh my God. Like, the dialogue, especially when they get become mini-moys, goes really, really fast. And everybody talks in, like, sarcastic quips. And decisions are made really, really fast. But there's still, like, a lot going on. Like, it's not like they're trying to speed to the end. It's like, they're just trying to, like, fast-forward through every scene. And there's a lot of scenes. So it's it's really draining. And, like, jokes don't land because they say them so fast. I don't even understand half of them. Like... I don't, I, I don't know how much of this is like a symptom of it. I, I think a lot of it's a symptom of it being translated from a different language into English. But I'll, I also think part of it is due to the fact that I think a lot of this cast aren't really great actors. Like the main kid's not a great voice actor. Madonna's not really a great actor. The guy that they got to play uh, Beta Mesh is not a great actor. Um, I just think a lot of, and like Robert De Niro obviously is a great actor. Like he delivers the lines really weird too. I feel like there are discussions where just everything feels really weird. And who's Robert De Niro play? Was the he the father? Yeah, he's the father. No, 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 he's the father, father, like the king. Oh. Um, yeah, like every discussion they have just feels really weird, and like they say things that I don't quite understand. It's it's almost like the things they were saying were meant to be like sarcasms or idioms or like figures of speech in French, but they didn't translate over well. So, like, there's just really weird lines just every five seconds, and it's bizarre. Um, but what I will talk about, I guess, since I have to say a positive thing, is I think David Bowie was pretty good as the villain. I thought he – I feel like David Bowie on a bad day is still better than, like, every every bad actor on a good day. So I feel like <laughs> he really – he owned every line. He and I, I wanted more of the villain because I liked the way he talked. In particular, okay. I thought I thought a line that probably would have sucked if anyone else said it. Uh, I thought was pretty good when he said it was this line where he's like, um, I, "I'm, I'm going to butcher the line, but um, or maybe this is exactly how it would be because the lines are so awkward." But like he was talking about <laughs> how like he didn't take this throne for power, but he's not going to lie; he really does like the feeling of having power. Um, there was something about that line; like it was bad. It was a bad line, but something about David Bowie saying it made me kind of like it. So I do, I do like David Bowie. I think he was a good choice for the villain, and I don't know how they afforded him. <laughs> I don't really know how they could get him. Um, Bird lost a bet. I guess a lot of people lost a bet in this movie. Snoop, <laughs> Snoop, like, not even including the uh, the um, redub where they added um, where they added Jason Bateman and J- Jimmy Fallon. It still has Snoop Dogg, Robert De Niro, David Bowie, Mira Farrow from friggin' uh, Rosemary's Baby. Like, there's so many random huge cast members in this movie. Um, and that's not even, like, it, we can't even act like that's where all the money went because they also used this really, at the tw- at 2000s, in 2006, a pretty state-of-the-art CGI technology to and for the CGI world and stuff. So, like, this wasn't, like, a cheap movie. It was an expensive movie already. And then they threw in expensive actors in the English dub, which is crazy to me. So, like, that kind of blows my mind. Um, yeah, is that a positive? Um, Can I say that as a positive? <laughs> it's, from, it's pretty neutral. Ah, oh, dang it! I, I'm trying. I, I'm gonna run out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. The uh, the pace of this movie is kind of trash. Like, like from one scene to the next. Like, when when did this all happen? Where is this happening? Like, why is this happening? Like. Like, I don't know. Like, and, and the lore, I don't know. I, I, the lore the lore is actually not bad in this movie. I wish they went into a bit more detail into it. I mean, some of it just doesn't make any sense. Um, it's very inconsistent. And possibly the thing that bothered me the most was uh, the whole, like, marriage thing. Of course, between yeah. Between Selenia and Arthur. Because, like, I get, I don't, like, how I don't... fast, how fast the relationship like went cause like she met him like less than a day ago and yeah. and she's already like all right guess we're getting married you know kind of thing and it's like it's it's so dumb it's so yeah. dumb and it came off of a lot of conversations where they clearly didn't like or she didn't really didn't like him like yeah. most interactions she really didn't like him and then she just starts liking him out of the blue um yeah it's pretty stinky i also had another problem with the lore in terms of like i thought that well, I guess a question. 
these these mini moys are supposed to be found in Africa. So why yeah. do they live in his backyard? Did he brought you, them did... over. They 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 say that. Do they say that? Yeah, the guy probably brought weird. them over. Ah, uh, well, that's my bad. But still, very weird. Um, how did the African guards get there? Was that also? Uh, I don't know. They, they don't they don't say that. Did he bring? Did he bring them from Africa too? I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't know where bad. they came. Yeah, from. I was like, they should really hope not. Um, <laughs> I don't know where they came from. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, but uh, anyways, okay. So you didn't resolve that point for me. I don't know. The lore is just weird. I agree with you. It's very bizarre and strange. I just and I I, I think it's a symptom of. Actually, it's not even a symptom of French. It's a symptom of Luc Besson because Luc Besson did Beyond the Professional, which also has a really weird age gap relationship thing in it. Um. So he's, I think he's just weird. Um, well, I don't even want like, technically like ten years old too. No, no, I don't think so. No, no, she I, is. I, she I, is. She is. She she did the translation. She was like, "Oh, I'm almost a thousand, which is almost like ten years old." Did she say that? Mm-hmm. I did not catch that at all. Um, still, like, no, like I don't. I just don't really see that as making it better. Like I really don't, especially when she's voiced by like thirty something year old Madonna. Um, no, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't really save it for me. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, this movie just has a lot of weird vibes. A lot of very strange vibes. Um, yeah. I, I guess, um, no, I'm not, that's not a positive. I'm going to say another negative. I'm not going to say two positives. But um, the beginning <laughs> of this movie, before they even turn into Minimoys, is also really weird. Because, like, it's weird in a different way, though. Because, like, when they become small, suddenly it becomes, like, hyper fast and weird. But, and uh, awkward. But the beginning is not awkward, but it's extremely upbeat. Like, it's disgustingly happy. And then, like, when things start happening that are bad, like, literally everything starts being bad all at once, where it's like, oh, suddenly the, the people are coming to get, to get the house. And, like, uh, I don't know. I don't remember who the rest of the guys are. There's, like, 18 different characters that are all, like, jumping on them at once saying how bad things are. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Like, it's it feels like extremely artificial emotions in the beginning where they're trying to make you extremely happy and then when that's over they're trying to make you extremely sad it's really weird i don't understand what the goal was aside from making it feel like you're on some sort of mind altering drug it's weird i don't know i think like you have to take into account that like it is it is a kid's movie and like they're trying to make it obvious to kids that like this is a happy moment. This is a sad moment. This is a exciting moment. This is a a scary moment. I don't know. It's like it's like guiding kids through emotions. You know, it's like it's like it's like it's like a I don't know. It's like a it's like a guide. You know. Yeah. Though um, so, I mean, I, I mean, be Captain Obvious, but you know, kids don't need that. <laughs> like we act like they do, but they really don't. Kids can, <laughs> kids can feel emotions. <laughs> I mean, they can. They can, but like. I feel like I feel there's like, a... Yeah, I feel like Pixar has proven you don't need to walk people through, or walk kids through their emotions. They can figure it out on their own. I feel like when it comes to movies, there's like a... There's like a system. You know, there's like a... There's like a, a set way in which, like, the movie, like, guides your emotions. But, like, I feel like this one, like, it holds your hand through the different emotions, I guess, more more so than, like... I don't know, drive my car or something. Oh my God, don't get ready to drive my car. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't, expect, I don't expect them to be doing like art house three hour long emotional movies about like people. Like, I don't, and that's not what I expect. But like, as an audience, like, or as a filmmaker, you don't need to act like your audience is stupid. Like, you can make a film and make it towards kids whilst respecting that they are still people who can figure things out on their own like yeah you could you don't need to make it like hyper subtle but you also don't need to spell it out for them like they're stupid like i i just whatever i it's a dumb it's a dumb thing to do um but a lot of kid movies do it so whatever um i'm due for some positives damn it um the the technology for the time is kind of impressive and although the designs are hideous i think <laughs> the i think there are some impressive character design moments and i think there's certain dialogue scenes that look pretty good for 2006 is that is that a compliment yeah i say yeah 
and then um i liked that the the king was a little guy riding a, a big guy I thought, that was, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny um i also liked that the reveal wasn't like done as like a hyper joke it was kind of like during the action scene and when they revealed it he was just like oh no like it wasn't <laughs> like it wasn't like the hype the fixation of the scene like everybody was like laughing or anything and then he was all embarrassed or something like he just kind of like fell off and was like well and it was just kind of a funny reveal um i like that that was kind of funny um <laughs> can i talk about something yeah. bad again <laughs> I, I really i have a lot of bad things to say <laughs> okay yeah what else the worst subplot in this movie was the parent subplot oh, yeah. so the parents are like pre- prescribed or not prescribed but like in the beginning of the film they're portrayed as like kind of hyper busy they're like oh we can't make it home right now i know it's your birthday but we're too crazy all over the place and then that's kind of where they end. That's kind of where the parents' arc ends. And then halfway through the movie, they show up again at home when 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 Arthur's a mini boy and his grandma's trying to find him. And they're like, "We're back. Where's Arthur?" And she's like, "He's gone. He's disappeared. I can't find him." And then I shit you not, the rest of the movie they spend it trying to find the treasure and blowing off Arthur, being like, "Oh, he's fine. Bring him whatever. He's not. He'll come <laughs> back eventually." And they spend the entire time just looking for the treasure. I think that is such a stupid idea and it doesn't go anywhere. Like if you're going to portray the parents as assholes, like have it have a resolve. It genuinely just does not have a resolve. They're just assholes for like one scene and that's it. <laughs> it is so stupid. And I don't know what the point was. I think, I guess just to have a happy ending where the parents and the kid are reunited, but it is such an awful idea. And I don't understand why they included it. Genuinely just a dumb subplot that doesn't do anything. And it's literally there for 10 seconds. And just ruins the character of the parents for no reason. It's it's, it's supposed to be funny. I don't see I don't see bad parenting as funny. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just broken, but like no. <laughs> <laughs> it was very it was very stupid. And I remember I, I that movie is moving so fast that like I'm at this point in the movie, I'm like I have I'm like a cartoon character with like the dizzy eye effect and I'm like spinning my head like whoa, whoa. But then when this scene happened, I was like, what the fuck? Like, why are we here? What are we doing? Like, yeah. it actively made me mad. Yeah. Um, um, I want to, kind of moving on, I want to kind of talk about um, Princess Slanya mm-hmm. um, and, and talk about, like, her character in this movie. Um, she's just all over the place. Um, like, she really is. Like, in the beginning, like, she liked this... Uh, this tough, independent woman doesn't need no man, fighting for her, fighting for her people, kind of, kind of, kind of thing. And you know, when she first meets Arthur, um, <clears throat> she she kind of hates him, or like kind of like portrays herself as not being too fond of of Arthur, and having like this like petulance between her and her brother. Um, which frankly kind of goes away. All, all everything I just said about her character right there goes away by the end of the movie. Like she's just not the same character at all. And it's not that like she grew as a person. She just like all of a sudden isn't that kind of person anymore. Like she's just yeah. like a totally different character by the end of the movie. Like she's having this strong-willed character to like this almost like damsel in distress, like swooning over Arthur. Like, like, I don't know, like, she's very, like, traditional. I, I'd say, like, that's that's one aspect of her that kind of, like, stayed throughout the entire movie, is that she's, like, she very, like, very much believes, like, tradition and, and her people's culture and, and not really going against that. Like, she's, like, I need to get married by the time I turn this certain age, and there's certain rules and customs that I must follow um, of my people and, and stuff like that. Um, which I don't know. It was the only thing that really kept her grounded as a character. Otherwise, she 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 changed for no real reason. Um, like I don't know. Maybe she was just like so moved by by Arthur's heroics uh, that she she was like, "I'm a I'm a ditch the tough girl act, and I'm gonna become a a, a damsel or some some something like that." I don't know. 
Um, I think that almost that almost builds into another problem too. That Arthur's character, when he becomes a mini moy, is I honestly I was expecting you to say this earlier. He's like one of those perfect guy, like super perfect hero. Oh yeah, he definitely is. Like he completely loses all his flaws and he becomes great at everything. Like he's this random kid, and then suddenly he's really good at fighting mosquitoes and solving (laughs) issues and stuff. Like he's like becomes god tier the instant he becomes a mini moy, and like I think that's almost the core of it. Like of course she falls for him because he becomes stereotypical amazing guy the instant that he becomes a mini moy. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, That entire fight scene I thought was really the first fight scene was really annoying. Because they literally spent the entire time of like it was like Arthur doing cool stuff and then Banamesh being like, He's so cool. Oh my god. Like the entire time. Yeah. It was really annoying. No, yeah, absolutely. Um I haven't had a chance to get into Arthur too much, but yeah, that was that was very annoying that the entire movie, like, like all of a sudden this kid is just like has all these skills and is very intuitive and and I remember like Right before he becomes a mini more, like he's talking to like one of the members of the African tribe, and he's like, "Oh, like why do why do I go down? Like why don't why don't you go down? You're like so much bigger and stronger." I'm like, "That's what I got." <clears throat> During that scene, I'm thinking like, "Yeah, why don't one of the people from the African tribe go down there? Because I don't know, they seem so much more capable than a ten year old kid does." Um, mm-hmm. But and then he's like, "Oh, it's about heart." And I'm like, "No, it's not. Nothing you did." was about your heart or character it was about your strength and intuition and ability to do all these crazy like physical tasks but i i I, I don't know i feel like logically he shouldn't be able to do as well as he was able to do i don't know no i 100 percent agree um that is very valid and I, I was actually expecting you to say that first because you talked about it a couple times on the podcast i was like oh david's gonna hate this <laughs> but it's all right um i'm glad you got to it eventually um yeah this movie's kind of stinky um i i think that it's it's just one of those movies that like i think luke Passan like clearly had a vision and he thought it was really really cool and he thought he did a lot of really cool things with it. He's like, oh man, like I'm going to be progressive and have like the really cool badass female character. I'm going to be really ahead of my time in terms of setting up a cinematic universe because I've got so many layers, and so many characters and stuff. And I'm also going to be like, I'm going to be peak storytelling. I'm going to be peak character writing. I'm going to peak all this. I'm going to make the best kids series ever. And like, I feel like he gets so invested in that that he just crams every single idea that he has in this movie. And it moves so fast. And all the dialogue is so fake because of that. And it just doesn't feel real. It really feels like a fever dream that you had when you were eight and you just yeah. never recovered. Um, and the fact there are two sequels blows my mind. I hear, I hear this did really well in France. Um, it didn't do well in America because, ah, uh, but like, um, yeah, like, I don't know. Um, it blows my mind. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we are due for like a lot of positive things now. We talked, I said a lot of negative things <laughs> We need to counteract a lot of positives. David, do we have any more positives we need to spit out here? Um, I thought the character designs for the mini moys were kind of cool. Um, I thought I said that. Wait a minute. I think I said that. Did you? Fiendish. I think I said something uh, adjacent to it. Um, okay. Um, I thought that uh, the... Did I talk about the lore? I guess I yes, have, you, yeah. You did talk um, the lore. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Not so easy, is it, David? <laughs> it's, it's getting hard. Um, I like the 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 use of the use of uh, the use of uh, how, how like the the use of like um, like the environment, like how much these are in the environment in this movie, especially like when they're um, the mini boys, like how much like the environment affects their. Um, like culture and surroundings like like once like they leave like the land of the mini moors and they go like outside in the real world and like how like um arthur's like irrigation pipe like how that affected um evil m and like him constructing his like plan to flood the mini moors and how like um the uh the grandfather moving the mini moors into his backyard has affected like their culture um and how like because of that like that created evil m i thought evil m's backstory is kind of cool too um 
has kind of like this misunderstood character. Um, although like, I'm not completely sure on his backstory because like he explained it some way and then Sranya, Sranya explained another way and I'm not sure like what the true story is behind him. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of cool. I know it's kind of part of the lore, but going a bit more detail. Yeah. I don't know. What, what, else, what else did you like, Connor? Um, I I want to backhanded compliment them, but it is still a compliment. There was a joke that I thought was okay, where a where uh, Beta Mesh explains what uh, something is like another thing, like this creature. And then Arthur says, what that? What is that? And he goes, oh, it's basically like a this. And it says, it says another creature. And he goes, like, he doesn't know what either of them are. And he goes, oh, it's like a that. And then points to like an ant or something like that. Um, <laughs> I thought that was an okay joke. But the problem with this is that they say it twice. <laughs> they do the exact same <laughs> joke twice. Um, later on in the movie, they do the exact same thing. I don't understand what the deal is. It's almost like they forgot they included that joke already. Um, but I thought that joke was okay in terms of being like a setup and payoff. So most of the movie doesn't have any payoff because it's all set up and moving at a million miles an hour. So they have no time for payoff. So I do understand that. Um, I thought that the the guy who played the grandfather, I thought had a lot of charisma and I thought he was really charming. Um, I really not in, he's not in many movies, but it's weird that when he was on screen, I kind of liked seeing him on screen. I don't know if he was acting well more. So he was just a very jolly guy. (laughs) <laughs> like maybe i don't really know but something about the grandfather was he seemed like a nice guy um i kind of liked i i was surprised that i hadn't seen him in anything before because it looked he seemed very familiar to me he looks um, like he looks like the guy from jurassic park he does a little bit yeah um speaking of jurassic park um i want to point out a scene that reminded me of jurassic park in a bad way because i want to keep shitting on this movie uh, the scene, I, the scene with the irrigation system, I thought was really weird, because on the one hand, I like the idea that the kid essentially was trying to be smart, and and whilst trying to be smart, ended up having these these un, you know unforeseen consequences that impacted them anyways. But I feel like the pacing is kind of weird, or not pacing, the emotional like payoff of that is weird because the scene when they reveal the drip irrigation system kind of reminds me of like the whole Jurassic Park scene when they're talking about like you know this the, they talk about how uh how john hammond wanted to make this park as like a testament to science and be able to kind of discover how to re you know how to be con- in control of it and you know these scientific in- innovations and then seeing it fall apart before his eyes and he's like oh my god i never saw this being this way you know um they treat it like it's this tragedy that arthur made this drip irrigation system and that it was going to cause all these mini moy deaths when like the rest of the movie does not. Like, I don't understand why villain why they villainized them there. It was really weird, and it felt like it felt like that was leading up to like a scene where like Arthur was gonna have to like ra- accept that he shouldn't be making irrigation systems because it would cause problems. But obviously, that's not what the message is. So it was this really weird. I don't understand what the what the message was of that scene, especially because the drip irrigation system ultimately becomes how they beat the villain. So I guess it could be that always oh, trying to, you know, use this thing that was used for evil for good. But he also didn't make it for any, he didn't make it for reasons related to this. He made it because it would be cool to water the, the plants. Like, I don't, the emotional, like, conveying of that scene is so weird. And it kind of just goes to show this entire, it represents, like, the entire movie's emotional pacing, where it's like, I don't think they really know what they want to say. So they just kind of say everything. And it's just very awkward and confusing. Um so that was a backhanded compliment. <laughs> it started out once as a compliment and ended up as a negative. Yeah. Um, well, do you think yeah. we should start wrapping things up? That's true. Uh, David, this is your movie. Do you have any questions you want to address? Some things that we should, our typical questions to round out the episode. Sure, sure. Um, I think that um, LeBron James was a mini moy. How do you think that would uh how do you think that would affect um the story? Well first and foremost I wanna I wanna make it clear that his design would be kinda like I feel like he wouldn't have hair on the top of his head. He'd just have like super crazy hair on his beard area. So I'm gonna uh-huh. let you know that now. Like it would be like you like you know how like Arthur looks. It'd be like that but clipped. Yeah. yeah um yeah. 
I think for the best effect, I think Ar- I think LeBron should replace Arthur. So basically be like <laughs> Space Jam, but like set in the Minimoys world. Right. But I also think they should know who LeBron James is the entire time. So they can be like, <laughs> oh my God, it's LeBron James. Like, <laughs> I want them to hype him up the entire time. Um, and I think I think he would probably serve the same role as Arthur. Um I think the movie would just be more entertaining. <laughs> like, I think it'd just be really funny if Arthur was played by LeBron and they, the rest of the movie was just formulated around LeBron James. Maybe the final fight is like a basketball game. I don't know. Like, it's got to be a way. <laughs> maybe, maybe I just want Space Jam 2, but set in the mini boys world. I don't know. And so, like, would Princess Selenia and LeBron get married? Probably. That sounds right to me, right? That sounds like a good idea. And yeah. it, would, it would solve the age gap problem. Uh, what if? Um, yeah, because like, uh, because like, uh, I mean, you could get rid of the point about like apparently a thousand means ten, which I I I don't remember that line, but like if we can remove that line and then like <laughs> you, you just have Madonna getting with LeBron, I'm like that's fine, like there's nothing wrong with that, and we're not gonna frame LeBron as being a ten year old, although it'd be kind of funny, <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I think we could do it. I think it would solve a lot of problems. Uh, and then I want the villain being played by Don Cheadle because we're still sticking with the with the Space Jam two comparison. So, yeah, I, as I much as I love I David so. Bowie, but get 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 Cheadle in there, my guy. Oh yes, yeah. Um, um alrighty. Then, uh, where do you think this movie fits in uh, in the movie done? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's definitely on the lower end, but it's also like I want to note that this movie isn't like it, it's frustrating, but it's not like offensive i guess i feel like it's one of those movies that like i saw when before he went into it i knew it was just gonna be like this like i knew it was gonna be ass it was gonna be weird i wasn't i knew i wasn't gonna like it so i feel like it didn't surprise in any way really um so i don't consider it like a, a true true complete failure and i don't know i would say this movie feels in closest quality to dog uh to hotel for dogs i feel like yeah. I feel like you could watch Hotel for Dogs in this as a double screening for your kid. I, I'd still hate you for it because, you know, you're torturing your child. But, like, I feel like uh, it's not, like, the worst thing. I feel like I, I feel like people have done that double feature before. Um, <laughs> you know? I can almost guarantee you not a single person has done that. But, okay. No, I think so. Because Hotel for Dogs came out in 2008, right? Hang on. Hotel for Dogs. 2009. So this came out in 2006. So like, I imagine, here's what, here's my, the serious scenario I'm imagining. I'm imagining like there's a kid who was our age, right? Like somebody who was like, you know, seven to nine in the eras of 2007 to 2009. And like they, their parents obviously got them like every single movie on DVD that they saw a trailer, that the kid responded (laughs) to the trailer to, right? Like just to entertain them. And I imagine Arthur and the Minimoys and Hotel for Dogs were like, they probably were two separate eras, but like when you're like, I think the difference between a six-year-old and a 10-year-old isn't so different, you know? So I imagine it'd be like, oh, I watched Arthur and the Minimoys when I was a little and I liked it. And then I saw Hotel for Dogs in theaters and I was like, oh my gosh, this is great too. So like by sheer connection of that, I'm sure these two movies ended up playing at the same time when like, it's like you have like an 11-year-old kid just binge watching movies from, you know, like, (laughs) I, I I think it's I think the the sheer fact that they're both kids movies that came out in the same like five year span I think is going to cause them to play next to each other. I don't think that they're so different that you couldn't get that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I see it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I compare it to like Aliens in the Attic or something. Worse Aliens in the that, Attic was like... Aliens in the Attic was so much more annoying. I thought like <laughs> I think that would be that would be actively just I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, a movie that we like never talk about or like ever compare anything to, and kind of like stands on its own, is Fatherhood. Like, like when have we ever compared anything to Fatherhood in terms of quality? Well, because we don't do a lot of like traditional dramas. Like, I think that's the biggest I thing. Like, we've we've kind of devolved into doing like ridiculous like ridiculous uh blockbusters that did horrible or kids movies at this point so like we really don't do traditional dramas so like we need to i'll i i feel like we could have compared if if, if serenity wasn't ass we probably could have compared it to that yeah. but like i don't know um so i think one day we will um 
maybe that's our goal. Let's find a let's find a drama that was so forgotten but worth talking about that we can compare to fatherhood. Maybe that's our next yeah. mission. Fatherhood <laughs> needs some competition. It needs, it it really needs a comparison. It needs some competition in the mid tier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The show is so weird. I don't we the theater, the only movie that uh, I've rated more than a three star is Dark Man, and the only reason we did that episode is because I thought it would be interesting to talk about, and I'd already seen it. Like I knew this movie was great. Um, so like, and of course we had Logan on for it, and it was actually our most popular thing, Stink. But um, like, it's just like I don't know. That one's like such an exception. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um... I think that's it for questions for me. No sweat. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We always appreciate you guys. Um, I believe the next episode of this will be the final one of 2024. Or 2023, sorry. Yeah, it'll be the the 24th, actually. That's the reason I said that. Um, So the 24th of December will be the final episode of 2023. So it's been a fun year of of, uh, boilers. Or not boilers. Jesus, not boilers. I'm at school. (laughs) Uh, It's been a good year of... Uh, what's that smell you think and again shenanigans look forward to the four year anniversary which is wild that's crazy three years technically because you go 2021 2022 2023 right so that would be three right. years and then this 2024 would make it four um which is insane <laughs> like that's kind of exciting so we should think of something fun to do for the four year um Heck yeah so thank you guys so much for listening. We always appreciate you guys. Check us out on Instagram, what's that smell underscore you think and again for any updates on the show. I have been Connor and this has been David. And thank you guys so much for listening to yet another episode of the podcast that we entitle David. What's that smell? You think it again?